I'm Hannah Lutz with Automotive News. We'll get to Daily Drive shortly, but I wanted to let you know about a special podcast series called EV1, A Legacy in a New Light. 25 years ago, General Motors rolled out a vehicle called the EV1. It was a triumph of electrification that ended in a crushing blow. But the car planted the seed for the industry's embrace of EVs today. In the special podcast series, automotive news reporter Pete Bigelow and I talk with those involved in the rise and the fall of this electric vehicle. You can find the series at autonews.com slash EV1 podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Wednesday, April 28th. There are a series of vexing questions that have come forward following a two-person crash that occurred on April 17th in Texas. Were the passengers of a Tesla Model S in the front seat or the back seat when the vehicle veered off the road and hit a tree, killing both? Was autopilot engaged prior to the crash? Had the driver assist system been engaged but inadvertently deactivated when the driver climbed into the front passenger seat? Or perhaps the biggest mystery, what on earth would compel a driver to abdicate responsibility for driving and physically moving from behind the wheel? The Tesla crash brought to light the ongoing debate of driverless systems and the role of passengers as this technology is rolled out. Tesla's general counsel has told California regulators that autopilot and the full self-driving feature under development are, in fact, driver assist systems that require an attentive human who's responsible for driving. But sometimes convincing Tesla owners could be another matter. Before addressing autopilot technology, some say addressing reckless behavior strikes at the heart of the problem. To talk about the crash and Tesla's response, we've reached my automotive news colleague, Pete Bigelow, in Detroit. Pete Bigelow, it's good to talk to you again. How are you today? Doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Thanks for being back. Um, We didn't know that we were going to have you back so soon after discussing EV1 last week. But let's get into what happened in Texas around April 17th, spring Texas, actually, um, and what, how that's putting Tesla back in the spotlight again. Give me and our listeners just a, a, a brief overview of exactly what happened in the crash. Sure. Uh, in spring Texas on the evening of April 17th, as you indicated, there was a, a crash of a, a Tesla. Two people were killed, and uh, there is much debate around whether there is an actual driver behind the wheel uh, and questions about the potential role of, of autopilot uh, in this crash. You know, the, the short version is we don't know a whole lot of definitive answers yet, but there's there's certainly a lot of early indications from police that the driver was not behind the wheel, that he had set out to test the quote, unquote self-driving capabilities of autopilot with a friend. And uh, that was immediately prior to, to this fatal crash. And of course, we all know that Tesla vehicles, as you wrote in Monday's issue, cannot drive themselves. No automaker sells a car for public purchase today capable of autonomous performance. But yet autopilot has just had a ton of attention over the course of the last number of years. What is Tesla saying about this? 
Well, they're not saying much to begin with in the sense that they don't have a traditional communications department anymore. So it's hard to get direct answers as journalists from them. But, uh, you know, with specific regard to this crash, we do see Elon tweeting that he believes there was a driver behind the wheel. He believes that autopilot was not enabled at the time of this particular crash. Of course, those details have not been verified by the two federal investigations into into the crash taking place. So, you know, again, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of findings still to come. Pete, there's been more than um, a small handful of YouTube videos out there showing Tesla drivers uh, either asleep at the wheel or doing things at the wheel that they shouldn't be doing. There are 24 ongoing investigations into crashes involving Tesla being conducted by NHTSA right now. And I already mentioned the YouTube videos that are out there. So is it that Tesla owners perhaps have a false sense of security here? I certainly think that's one component of this, Jason, and that's that's one of the things I touched on in the story uh, that was published Monday in Automotive News. It's you know we're, we're kind of very focused on this idea that the technology in autopilot is is sufficient or insufficient, depending on your point of view, to uh, you know provide safeguards to ensure that drivers are paying attention when they should. Uh, and then you know there's this more general question of what exactly is the role of the of the driver in kind of buying into this hype that Teslas can drive themselves. Again, they cannot. Uh, so I think there's a lot of questions about, uh, you know, besides getting out from behind the, the wheel when you should be driving, what exactly is the role of the human driver? Let's go back to the Texas crash for a moment. There were some pretty vivid details of what occurred there and some accounts of what had happened. What, what did you read? The short version is these two people were out testing uh, in their mind the, the capabilities of the system. And for whatever reason, the car did not navigate a, a curve uh, and they veered off the road, crashed into a tree. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's, there's two people who are dead. And th- that's the, that's the short version. I think the, the bigger questions involved are what was the role of autopilots? Was it on? At the time of the impact, was it on shortly before the impact? Did the did the person in charge of the vehicle, um, you know, misunderstand whether it was enabled or not? Uh, those are all sort of the the immediate questions that we're we're kind of waiting on, on answers for. There's also a question of reckless behavior, which which may point to the heart of the problem. You talked to a Mr. Phil Koopman, who's the chief technology officer at Edge Case Research. Edge Case advises companies on automated vehicle testing and safety validation. What did Mr. Koopman say to you? You know, I think his basic question is, before we look at all the technical solutions for this, what is the responsibility of of someone who is uh, in charge of the car? And why are we not focusing on on that question uh, more so than, you know, the technical hurdles, technical shortcomings of autopilot? Uh, You know, his, his basic thought is that we need to be talking about behavior. We need to be educating consumers. And, you know, and we've kind of done a lousy job in doing just that big picture as an auto industry. We, we tend to talk in the engineering specific levels of automation. Is this level two? Is this level two plus, which doesn't really exist? Uh, and, and I think Phil's big point was that we need a better way to, to kind of directly address consumers and, and better describe what these technologies are or are not. It comes down to naming to some extent, doesn't it? And he has um, more consumer-friendly classification that he favors, assistive, supervised, automated, and autonomous. 
And from what you wrote, he believes that that could actually provide an an underpinning for behavioral changes. If you don't call it autopilot, no one's going to believe that it's autopilot because we all know what that is, right, Pete? Right. Well, I mean, Elon would disagree with that. And he, Elon's pretty clear that he believes an autopilot is something that has a, a driver in the loop. But I, I think Phil's greater point would be exactly that, that it's not only autopilot. It's that every automaker has an, a specific marketing name for their particular driver assist system. Uh, it's that we also kind of conflate those driver assist systems with autonomy or call it conditional autonomy or partial autonomy, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so there's so many names for for two basic things. One is an autonomous system that that has no human in the driving loop, uh, and then there's other driver assist systems that that do have a role for the human driver. We'll hear more from my automotive news colleague Pete Bigelow after this message. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. What did Consumer Reports indicate about the Model Y? You you wrote a little bit about that. Tell us about that. That's right, uh, and that's important. In, in the immediate aftermath of the crash in Spring, Texas, Consumer Reports took a Model Y to a uh, private test track, and they wanted to see if they could get the car to drive without a human behind the wheel, because uh, the driver monitoring system should not allow that. Yet they said that they were able to quote easily trick the Model Y into driving itself for, for, you know, long stretches of time. Other automakers, Pete, what are they doing to address this? We've seen a numerous advancements and technological rollouts among other brands relative to these assist systems. How are they trying to tiptoe into this area? This is a great question, Jason. And it's very, uh, you know, even as we record this today, the Auto Alliance just had uh, updates this morning on, on exactly this question, which is on driver monitoring. If you look at any other automaker, uh, they're using an inward-facing camera uh, in the cabin to to monitor the driver, to see if their eyes are closed, to see if their head is pointed toward the road ahead, uh, you know, and using that as a, a metric as to whether or not the driver is paying attention. Uh, that may not be perfect. Uh, there's a lot of new work going on to see if 
uh, you know, there's technology that's based in that camera that can detect the cognitive load of a driver. Um, but right now that is a step ahead of where Tesla is. And that is using uh, steering wheel torque as a, as a metric for monitoring the driver's attention. And as we see on these YouTube videos of people reading the newspaper or sitting in the back seat, uh, that can be easily gained. In fact, I was in a BMW recently, which asked uh, d- during a cruise control function, asked that the wheel be monitored about every three or four seconds. Otherwise, the system would disengage. It would certainly alert you in a hurry, or it would disengage. There's, there's no fooling systems like that. And I know you've seen other similar systems. No, I think that's a great point. And uh, Super Cruise is the other one that obviously comes to mind. And I think uh, anyone who's driven it knows that if they, you know, tr- look down at their phone theoretically for just a, a few short seconds, uh, there's immediate audible warnings uh, and the system will disengage, uh, you know, within a matter of seconds or, a, you know, if that happens repeatedly, um, you know, the car is back in the in the driver's control. So uh, those are very clear um, about monitoring a driver and what happens if you don't pay attention. Pete, you watch this space for us actively, regularly. What have you seen change over the course of the last 12 months? When when we were talking technological advancements around late 2019, you saw many large-scale Tier 1 suppliers and automakers backing off some of their proclamations of, of uh, maybe originally where they thought this self-driving world would go. What have you seen in the last 13 to 14 months, especially during COVID? Yeah, you know, in a sense, it's kind of been a quiet progress during COVID. We're seeing on the autonomous side more tentative steps toward, uh, you know, geo-constrained deployments of autonomous taxis. You know, what Cruz did in San Francisco late last year would be one example of of companies are kind of slowly dipping their toe into true driverless testing in very defined spaces and and environments. So that that's one big development. Uh, the other along these lines kind of might be the the way that we're seeing LIDAR trickle downstream. Uh, at first, it was very much for self-driving vehicles. And now, it obviously, Elon Musk has, has famously said he doesn't believe in LIDAR at all. But we're seeing it trickle down to driver assist systems, which, uh, you know, I think really shows that having, a, you know, yet one more redundant sensor, uh, you know, for safety reasons is, is benefiting not just self-driving, but but the driver systems that we kind of started off talking about, like a Super Cruise, for example. You mentioned Elon Musk. We would be remiss if we didn't uh, also bring up the fact that Tesla posted first quarter net income of almost $500 million amid record global vehicle deliveries and favorable comparisons to 2020, of course, when most of their operations were halted due to the coronavirus pandemic. Revenue's up. uh, Sales are up. I know you also keep an eye on Tesla, along with your colleague, our colleague Mike Martinez. Um, what do you What are you seeing out of Tesla's results here? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, certainly, a, a lot of the revenues are from uh, from credits and from Bitcoin, and there seems to be a lot of people who are down on them for not uh, not getting revenues more from from straight up vehicle sales. But you know, I think any way you slice it, I think it's significant, and it's it's another positive quarter for Tesla. And uh, I don't think there's any reason to discount it just because of, of where the various revenue streams come from. I think those are important milestones. And, uh, you know, obviously the big cloud on the horizon right now would be China. Uh, 
consumer sentiment rapidly turning turning sour there. And I think over the next quarter or two, it, you know, it kind of remains to be seen: is this a short-term problem or is it move into a long-term problem? That's probably the big, um, you know, question or concern right now. Pete Bigelow, you're always you always keep us at the forefront of uh, technology, working with the Shift team. Uh, thank you so much for your thoughts on uh, what was a fascinating page one story in automotive news this week. Well, thanks, Jason. It's uh, always good to be on the podcast, and uh, there, there's certainly more to come. So stay tuned. We reached Pete Bigelow in Detroit. And that's Daily Drive for Wednesday, April 28th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of more than 300 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Thursday.